Broadcasting from the News Radio 102.9 KARN Radio Center and Studio 1B, it is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, Scott Romine. Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday. This is one of the shows, you know, I was excited when we had Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke on, and this is, this ranks right up there with me. Our guest today is Barbara Outland Baker, and she is coming to us. Uh, a little south of the border, I believe, but she was Elvis's, uh, Elvis, I say Elvis. <laughs> my whole, my whole thing in the world is Elvis Presley and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Elvis had Priscilla and Arnold Schwarzenegger had you, Barbara Baker. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I very honestly, since I was a young boy, it's always been Elvis and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that just makes the world go round for me. And I'm never going to grow out of that. I'm 47 years old, uh, <laughs> but I feel bad to have you on the show to just talk about someone else. So please tell us about your background and and where you, what you've been up to and where you're at today. Oh, that's kind of you. Yeah, I guess I do count as a person. Um, well, geez, I'm uh, absolutely. I'm living in. Mexico now. Uh, it's Ajijic, which is near Guadalajara, and my husband and I have been here like seven years now and just absolutely love the, the climate and the locals and the expats, and so our life is just changed by, by having made this move here. It was very daring, um, but we're here, and we just absolutely love it. I help people move out of pain so I'm certified by the Agoscu method, and so I kind of took that whole idea of exercise through Arnold, and it's ironic that I'm still kind of <laughs> doing that with a, a very subtle career. I don't have a lot of clients, but I really love helping people move. Yeah, and it's, uh, odd, it's odd that you moved to where Arnold killed the predator. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> So were, yeah. you were studying to be a school teacher back in the day. Did you do that too, or you've done this other thing? No, I was a, a, a high school teacher and then eventually a community college professor for like 31 years. So when I retired, we moved from California to McKinney, Texas, and lived there for 10 years because of family. And then we just wanted better weather, <laughs> and so we learned about this area, and, um, you know, it's been chunked into very interesting portions of my life. I've heard it's cheaper to live there. I don't know, and I'm sure oh, it's beautiful. I think that it is maybe by um, two-thirds. Oh, wow. I mean, you can't go across the board, but... Uh, That's huge. You know, it's... Yeah. It, yes, we really get used to the the peso mentality. So you've got this book called Arnold and Me: Living in the Shadow of the Austrian Oak, and and tell us how did you first meet Arnold Schwarzenegger? Mm. Well, I worked at a delicatessen called Zookies in Santa Monica, and I was living with three girlfriends um, our last summer before we would graduate from college. And I worked in uh, this deli, and I was behind. No, actually, I was at the counter, and I, I write about it in the book, you know, how sure. I was, like, probably eating a hamburger and french fries. And here comes Arnold. And I'd seen him before, but he, he really didn't register. Um, 
I, I mean, that's kind of crazy because of his hugeness. But, you know, there were lots of people coming and going from Zookies. And uh, so he said, hey, you are so sexy, I must ask you out on a date. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Yeah, that right. totally unusual for fraternity boys at San Diego State. And so I dared to give him my number, and then, uh, I don't know, within four or five days he called, and we eventually went, went out on a date, which was the moon landing. When he knocked on my door, they were just getting prepared to land on the moon. So it was really a very special night. You didn't catch that every time he was coming in the restaurant as he'd leave, I'll be back. You didn't even pick yeah. up on it. Well, he didn't know that line yet. All uh, <laughs> right. And I guess he would have no idea he would be be as famous as that moon landing one day. Oh, more so, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, I the year I was born, 73, I understand you attended that Mr. Olympia competition. What oh, was, that was the year of your birth. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So what was that like? What was, the, you know, he's won the trophy. What's his reaction to that kind of stuff? It wasn't his first rodeo. No, he'd, he'd won before, um, but he was really moving into the intensity and the passion and used to winning. And, uh, oh, it was just such an intense time. Uh, for me, I was working in uh, not yet teaching. I was still going to college to get my master's. And so I took a, a break and took a vacation with him. And it was just so exciting to be in New York. And so there we are in the contest. And uh, I really have to say I preferred Arnold for his being rather than his body, although I absolutely grew to love his muscles and his body, and I appreciated the sport of bodybuilding. Um, but I wasn't like that astute with the striations and the cuts sure. and the names of the muscles, but I could see greatness when I saw it, and I think he was definitely the best. And uh, yet it was fun to meet the other competitors there. It's his personality that carried him far past the muscles. Yeah, it did. You know, the, the, the drive. I understand that when he won the trophy, he was just like, okay, wait till next year. Like it wasn't even right. celebrated really. Yeah. That was his typical response. And I think that is so typical when somebody is so driven and a perfectionist, it's like, wait till next time. <laughs> you unreal. Wait. You just wait. You, you're so number one now. No registry, yeah, which will probably come years and decades later. It's like I really won all of those titles, and I don't even remember experiencing it. Yeah. So that was kind of it. He just was living into the future of the next moment, the next contest, the next pump that he'd need to do to build the muscles to <laughs> win the next contest. Of course. Yeah. So you, you're you with him like six years or whatever. Did you follow whatever diet he was on? Did y'all eat the same type things? Was it very scientific like it is now? Well, oh, he he was very much into nutrition. I remember one of the first things he said when he met, actually that first night of the moon landing, my uh, roommates were there and he said, 
girls, sugar makes you fat. And so uh, he was already, he had a little bit of a sweet tooth, but he really uh, was very good about nutrition. He mostly ate protein, tuna, meat, you know, cottage cheese, tomatoes, salads. Um, and a lot of it, lacking I'm sure. the, the carbohydrate dressing. And he rarely drank, and occasionally he'd have an apple strudel, and, but he really was into nutrition. I, on the other hand, was a sugar addict, and so I really suffered from, you know, the highs and lows in my blood sugar, and uh, I, wish, I wish I had followed his regime, but... It's hard it to do. It took me a while to and, kind of catch on to that. And there's a lot of sweets, I think, I've always heard, that come from Austria. So must have been tough to avoid that kind of thing. Well, he, yeah, he was used to, uh, really, the apple strudel. I mean, that was like the dominant thing. And, um, but he really trained as a young boy. So he already knew that eating a lot of sugar would not help him. Now, supposedly... He was, you know, fat when he went to Germany and he went to Florida. I mean, fat means like, what, about a quarter inch of skin showing on the bones. But he really learned um, from Vince Gironda in a gym that you can't, you can't do this. You, you just, you have to get lean and mean, and that's how you're going to lose this extra skin that's covering your striations, you know. I got to take a quick break. We're talking with Barbara Baker about her book, Arnold and Me. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine, brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. We're talking with Barbara Baker. She was Arnold's longtime girlfriend when Arnold Schwarzenegger first moved to the United States. And Arnold did something that most people uh, have never done or would ever have the opportunity to do. And that is that he actually beat his hero in competition. Reg Park, of course, he talks very fondly of. And he goes on to beat him in a bodybuilding competition. This was the guy that inspired him to get into that. What right. kind of effect mentally did that have on Arnold, and, and did it affect the relationship? Well, we had broken up before that contest, but it was um, devastating that, one, he knew that Reg would compete. And it's like, why? Why would he do that at an older age? And why would he risk you know, his protege. Sure. And his record. There, there were so many years between them and they were friends. He knew, uh, his wife and his kids and, you know, he was like very close with the family. So oh, it was just really, really sad. They maintained their friendship and respect, but, uh, it really bothered Arnold. Yeah, that's, you know, it, it seems like not a lot bothers Arnold, but I've always heard that that really did. Mm-hmm. What was his no, mom? What was, it, what was his mom like? Oh, various ages and stages. Um, she was the dutiful housewife in Graz, Austria. And I think maybe not exactly fulfilled because her husband was 
again, <laughs> compelled by work. He was the police chief of the uh, Austrian village. And so they just got through their day. She was a typical housefrau, you know, that meals, he came home for lunch. She just was a cook and all of that stuff. Right. And uh, then when he died, uh, I think she got a new lease on life, and Arnold was definitely better to her. And he brought her to California for three weeks the first time, and that set up a tradition that he he sent her money, and he cared for her, and he showed her more attention. And so now she was developing more of a personality and more of an identity and how to enjoy life. So really, she had a second lease on life, and then eventually even had a boyfriend. Really? So, yeah, yeah. It was very exciting. I, we were way broken up, but... Um, we maintained a close friendship, and so my mother and father had her down and her boyfriend and Arnold and his girlfriend, Sue, and uh, we just had such a fun time and really looked very happy. Did so. you ever meet the dad? No. Mm -mm. And but, but you were with Arnold when the dad passed away, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was probably the driving force to a lot of this, and of course... A lot of people know the line in Pumping Iron where Arnold says, I can't be bothered with my father dying and I'm in competition. I've always thought that was a character, kind of playing a character, but is there a sliver of truth to that? Oh, you know, to, to go into one psyche is so hard because it's subjective. But he, he had uh, torn the ligaments in his knee in, what, South South Africa or I think South Africa. Right. And then uh, he came home on crutches and he was trying to avoid surgery. But this was at the time that it, it was our reunion. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm expecting you to propose to me for marriage tonight. And so he was quiet, quiet, quiet throughout this special dinner I had planned for him. Oh, wow. And then... All of a sudden, he said, my father died. And, you know, how do you handle that kind of news? It's like, and you he, waited till now to just tell me this huge news? Wow. So, I don't know. He, If I were 20, I don't know, three, maybe, he might have been 24. We might have been a year younger than sure, that. Sure, sure. So, of course, you're not at your full emotional development He'd had a really rough relationship with his father who set up the boys to be competitors. So it wasn't like he had this sweet, devoted, respectful love for his father. Sure. And uh, the dad was kind of so, the, the drive that created this drive in Arnold, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it was an, a, by negative. You know, it's like, I am going to show you that I am worth loving uh, because he really ever he never got the the attention the emotional fulfillment from his father and so why would he really go out of his way to go back to the funeral it it wasn't like a loss because he had been in munich he'd been in the army before that and then munich i mean there were so many years probably at least 3 years of not living at home, I yeah. might be wrong on my math, yeah. but it is 
it been significant. And so he wasn't used to his father anyway. Yeah. And he wasn't used to that his mother needed attention. And remember that his brother had died like right. kind of a year before. It, with a car so, wreck. So um, I was surprised that he didn't go to support his mother. But again, his mother was in the distant past, and she was submissive to Gustav. And so it, he just kind of, I think, wrote his hands of them. It's like, look, they've never supported me. I, I'm in the throes of pumping out yeah, <laughs> for right. this contest, so let's just not go to the funeral. Now, in retrospect, I think he sees it from a full specter, and he's seeing that, why didn't I go, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Now what... It's just our, our ages and stages, and you can curse yourself, but then that's it. You know, that's what you did. He just wasn't that mature at the time. I mean, he's just a, right. a very young man. And uh, when you you actually went to Austria, I understand, were, were you actually going to the house that is now a museum, the Schwarzenegger yeah. Museum? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really, really neat. Um, actually, Relly lived there. And so I could see the real house. Um, I called her Muti at the time, which means mommy, which <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would never call her that if I were to meet her today. Of course, she's passed, but... Did you pick um, up some Austrian or some German hanging around there? Oh, at the time, a, a little bit of comprehension. And Arnold taught me some nasty phrases <laughs> that he had me repeat to Relly. It's like, oh my God, why am I saying that to her? <laughs> I mean, she laughed, but um, but she was really very sweet, and uh, she had some friends, and she had a few relatives, and uh, then eventually, I can't remember if she moved elsewhere. I think she did, and then eventually they turned the house into a museum, which I, I've been to that, too. I, I mean, way after Arnold and I broke up, but I was going there to Austria, to Vienna, but kind of a Barbara Walters type of near, uh, interviewer. Sure. And so met some people who had known Arnold really well, and they just gave us the most fabulous trip and drove us to Graz and saw the museum, and it was really, really <laughs> surreal. Yeah, I bet. I'm, you're probably in the museum somewhere. You know, there's probably a picture of you somewhere with Arnold. Yeah, very, very yeah. possible. Um, so I understand. Well, I'm going to ask you about this when we t we're going to take a break. But think on this. I've always heard that Arnold kind of replicated his family in the United States. So I'm sure you've uh, got some insight on something like that. Be right back here on Guadalupe okay. Unplugged. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine. Brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, Scott Romine here. We're talking with Barbara Baker. She has got a book. It's on Amazon. It's called Arnold and Me Living in the Shadow of the Austrian Oak. She was Arnold Schwarzenegger's first longtime girlfriend when he came over from Austria. And I, I wanted to ask you about, I've always heard he kind of put together a family once he got here because he knew no one. And you were kind of there from the beginning. So tell us about like, basically, I would say Franco was like his brother. Yeah, right. 
Well, he had been here maybe eight or nine months before we met, and Franco was not here yet. But he did have Joe Weeder, and that was his boss. And Joe was a you know a brilliant businessman, very shrewd and apt to come out on top of the deal. But somehow Arnold really was able to cut through that and become a peer. Yet he had a respect for Joe, and Joe really loved Arnold. They would fight and all of that, but they really cared for one another. Well, okay, then I step into the picture, and then um, Joe gets to know me, and then within weeks, he had arranged for Arnold to also work for Weeder, and then um, he picked him up at the airport and lived with him in his tiny little apartment in Venice Beach. And uh, What was he so like? That was- what was Franco like? Because, I mean, he was a world-class bodybuilder, and for our listeners that are not very familiar, look up Franco Colombo. He was Arnold's best friend, and he appears in, in tons of Arnold's films. He's in Conan and uh, makes appearances in The Terminator and stuff like that. But tell us what he was like, because we lost him not, yeah. not, what, a year or two ago. Right. That was such a shock. Um, so... Uh, they had been really close friends in Munich and, uh, Arnold had, no, Franco had been, um, a bricklayer in Sardinia. I think he still made his little side jobs there in Germany. You know, it's hard to make money when you're a bodybuilder and you eat so much food that's so expensive. Oh yeah. So, um, he somehow made enough that he could build the muscles of, you know, a short man. He really was in the short class. Arnold was in the tall class. So in one way, they weren't direct competitors, but they had this mentality of just making their body into a Michelangelo statue. And they both had the drive, the discipline, um, the genetics for it. Yes. And they would spur each other on and, so to go back to your original question, he really was the idealized brother. And he looks, so, he, he was even built very similar to Arnold, just shorter. Yeah, shorter. Um, you know, it, the legs were different. Um, uh, Franco was a little bow-legged. Right. And Arnold was a little pigeon-toed. So the, <laughs> the legs were different, but... Um, they could work out in the same way and they could do donkey curls <laughs> sitting on each other's back and up and down and up and down to build the calves. So it was really a, a beautiful friendship. I mean, it, it definitely was beyond friendship. It was definitely like brothers. And so then Joe was the father and Franco's the brother. And then Joe pulls this theory on Arnold. It's like, you have recreated your ideal family. Yeah, that's true. You have Barbara, you know, the ideal mother. And so I think that's how it went for six years, that he really had this cozy, friendly, supportive network of, of who he wanted to have as his father, his mother, and his brother. Did you guys talk about marriage, or was it just something he avoided even discussing? Well, I forced it. And so we talked about it. Um, again, with time, I can see where we were. I mean, 
he he was European. They don't marry as early. Really? He had this idea in his head that his father married later in life, so he would too. Mm-hmm. And he did. Um, but he wouldn't tell me all of those truths because I don't even know if he knew them. He just knew why are you bugging me about marriage? Because we have the best relationship of anybody I know. So let's leave it at that. Well, you know, I'm thinking I'm 24, I'm 25, I'm 26. Sure. Come on, I want to have babies, you know, sure. little later and babies. And uh, it, none of that would penetrate. And he just kept saying, okay, this time next year, when would I'll get through that contest or... Uh, it was one excuse after the other, and I believed them. You know, I mean, you got to take credit where credit is due, and I just did not want to get out of the relationship until I did. Well, I mean, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. I mean, yeah, you know it's, that that had to have been difficult on its face because I mean, there's a ton of women that are into the. I'm sure what he looked like at the time and. I don't know. That had to have been very tough, uh, just dealing with that. Yeah. It was hard because I adored him. I loved him. I respected him. I I felt so um, peaceful in his presence because of the strength, and I just couldn't imagine a replacement. And indeed, that was, like, impossible. You know, yes, like you say, women just dig him. They like either the muscles or they like the money, the, the acting. I mean, it was very easy to continue to evolve for Arnold and then just be a magnet for anything or anybody he wanted. And so I've learned to live I, with it myself. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. So yeah. Very, very hard. Very tough. But I don't know. I had enough <clears throat> confidence, probably incorrectly, but, um, I just believed how good our relationship was that, uh, why would he leave this? Sure, <laughs> sure. I'm everything to him. Why would he leave me? You know? Yeah. Well, and yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you about something that, you know, you would have insight probably that's kind of topical and that, you know, Arnold's very, very public about, you know, using steroids back then and that it was legal. And, and were you kind of aware of that or were you ever concerned, Arnold, this, this might not be good for you. This might be unhealthy or, or hurt you down the road. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely a, a subject of, of uh, consternation on my part. I mean, I, well, he's natural, you know, but you, you make exceptions when you think this is going to make my muscle grow. That's right. And, yeah. So even though it wasn't really natural, he was willing to uh, take shots, and I, I just, I just fought it every way I could. But you know, you, how are you going to win with somebody who is so determined as he was to win, win, win? Now, by today's standards, it was bad enough then. But, oh, my God, I think what guys do today, are they, oh, what do they call them? Cock- he, cocktails, human right? Human growth hormone is the thing today that wasn't really a thing in Arnold's day. Right. And, I mean, they mix this and that. So, um, thankfully, he didn't suffer from that. But I think that he's very healthy 
And I think that, you know, he may not have to suffer any consequences. Right. A lot um, of those guys have died very young, you know, because they got into taking it way, you know, way too much. And, and thank God we've still got Arnold around. Uh, yeah. You know, he's had a few heart issues, which sometimes that is associated with those type of drugs. But uh, he still seems to be in awesome shape. Right, he does, and his father also had heart issues, so it might be genetic anyway. That's true. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, so, I don't know. You just, you know, I've eaten way too much sugar in my life. Well, <laughs> Who I, knows well, what I, that's going to do to my brain <laughs> or whatever. I promise you, I have, definitely. Hey, we're going to take a quick <laughs> break. We're talking with Barbara Outland Baker. She is a longtime girlfriend of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he first got the United States. Check out her book on Amazon, Arnold and Me, Living in the Shadow of the Austrian Oak. We'll be right back. You're listening to Guatney Unplugged on News Radio 102.9 KARN with Scott Romine, brought to you by Guatney Automotive Group. Hey, we're back here talking with Barbara Baker, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first longtime girlfriend. For six years, she was with Arnold through the Mr. Olympia days and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, the book is on Amazon, Arnold and Me. Are there other places people might look for you and uh, and pick up the book? Ooh, I don't think it's in bookstores anymore. I think that, the unfortunately, Amazon kind of owns our lives, but I think that is you can get it on Kindle and in paperback. I wanted to ask you about a few things that, you knowing him like you do things that me being a super fan of Arnold uh, would want to know um, why do you think he didn't go to Franco's funeral is that a similar thing like the dad or is it just too hard for him well hmm that's news to me because I was sent an invitation and Arnold and uh Frankel's wife had sponsored the funeral at like a Catholic church in West Los Angeles. So I completely assumed that Arnold had gone. Are you sure he didn't go? I had heard, I had read that there was a funeral in Italy and that oh, Arnold maybe. and Italy and, and uh, Arnold didn't go. That's what I had heard. Oh, well, that could be immediately. This was um, a little after the, you know, I lose track of time, whether it's weeks or, but it, it was like three weeks, but it was a, a, a huge funeral in West Los Angeles. And I, I think. Oh, I'm Arnold sure Arnold would have been go. at that one. Right. Yeah. I'm sure Arnold would now, have went to that one. He could have been on making a movie That's and true. couldn't get away. Because I know that he was doing something in, in Germany when we last talk, talked. And, um, you know, I just was so compassionate for how, what a loss he had. Ugh. And uh, so he knew about it. He was, he was just, I think, very sad to the point that he couldn't even talk about it. Um, I can so imagine. It wasn't like he wouldn't have gone. Right. Well, I had to ask you, because, I mean, you hear about, like, William Shatner didn't go to Nimoy's funeral. you got to wonder, that's the same type relationship to me in my mind. So, yeah, maybe well, just yeah. logistics Well, yeah, I just don't have allow. any, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just think that maybe the timing was such, 
maybe it was a tiny little Italian funeral for immediate family. And Could uh, be. I don't yeah. think Arnold now speaks Italian, so maybe it was just that's for family Could Italian, be. and I don't speak it. Uh, I'm sure there's something that is way beyond him not going to Meinhardt's funeral, you know, yeah. oh, I'm his brother. Sure. Did it surprise you, the whole story that come out with the housekeeper thing? I mean, it bothered me, but I think the public is kind of past it. Did you, mm-hmm. did you see something like that happening long before it did? Oh, it's always that ugly conversation of, of you know, Arnold having a prolific sex drive. Sure. And so I think that, Yes, it did surprise me at one level because it wasn't the up and coming model. It wasn't like her 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 looks. It was just because of convenience. Sure. And I just thought he didn't think through that well at all. And you know, to devastate Maria like it must have and um he's made it up to the kid, I mean, he's very, very oh, yeah. good as a father, and he's—I think he's bought a house for the mother. And yep, he sure did. And know, the, and the son just, is bodybuilding now. I know, <laughs> I know it. It's just so weird. And he's looking like his dad too. So I mean, yeah. I, I follow him, and that's very exciting. It kind of hurts my heart in a way that, and I just ask you. I've always wondered why I've never seen a photo of that son with the other children. Is it because they don't accept him or is there some other reason that you think there's no association there? It seems so separate. It's unfortunate to me. Well, I'm like you. I'm not in the inner circle, so I really don't know. Um, I've had the same thoughts. And I think that it would be very difficult for the children to accept that their housekeeper that they really had loved and adored and, you know, that the betrayal was so huge. Well, and maybe they've met. I don't know. I just think that either you make a decision to forgive and forget and move beyond, or you just don't have that in you, or it's not time yet, or they have met him. I mean, I just don't know. But certainly, Arnold, they know his father has a really active relationship with with their half-brother. Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, he, he is uh-huh. an incredible father to all those kids. It, it, it kind of hurts, I think, that they don't accept him or something is there because, you know, forgive and forget and move on and have another brother. And it would be a good thing if all, if all <laughs> well, the Schwarzeneggers... Well, and I think that Marie might be happy... Um, so it's not like it in defense of their mother that, oh, I can't go there because sure. it would kill my mother. So again, those complications, complications are so extreme with dynamics that I just am not on the inner circle. I understand. It's, you know, it's funny you having that ex- lifetime experience of trying to get him to get married. And then he, later in life, he goes through that, and it seems like years later, he never got divorced. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I understand. Yeah, I don't um, think they ever it's officially. Not official. <laughs> nope, I don't think they ever actually got divorced. So, mm-hmm. so who knows? Another thing yeah. I would ask you, maybe you would have some insight. I've always heard that Arnold was offered the role of playing the Incredible Hulk 
before Lou Ferrigno was. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that. And I, I mean, I know Lou well, so I, I could ask him, but I, you know, that was, were they um, buddies? Were they buddies back then or were they fiercely competitive as we see in the film? Yeah. Um, well, I think that the, the competition, uh, was, was an impediment to their relationship. Now they know each other, they're buddies, they, they, they can walk the same circle sometimes, but I think in terms of closeness, there was just not, not the roots that make for a good friendship. Sure. Does Arnold keep up with his nephew? He, he, because his brother that died, I know, had a son, I believe, in Austria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, well, what a, what a darling child. I mean, we met really? him in Austria, and uh, it was just easy to fall in love with Patrick. Well, then Erica died, his mother. And so I didn't Arnold know just that. stepped in. Oh, yeah. I mean, what, what a tragedy for the whole family. I don't know if it was high school or college, but he definitely started taking over the finances when he needed to. And so Patrick came to, I believe, UCLA and went through his undergraduate work and then his legal work. And so he's a lawyer. And it seems to me that he is definitely one of the lawyers within Arnold's sphere of lawyers. That's awesome. Tell me, what is yeah. your what is your favorite Arnold movie? Well, I, I'm going Commando. That to me, that's yeah. the greatest thing ever. Because I still have the mind of a 12 year old boy. But uh, well, and that that's kind of the answer to the question is that these movies are made more for young men, and so uh, you know, I I'm not the best movie fan of. Arnold's movies, although I know that he is an incredible action hero, I've really loved the Terminator series and even oh, yeah. the, what was it, the third one? I thought, wow, that is just really optimistic, you know? Rise of the so, Machines, yeah. Yeah. Last right. movie but, he but made before they, he Governor. He softened a little bit. There was like a little, little emotion that, you know, he sure. could claim to. So. so you like the Terminators. And that was the Probably. last movie he made before he became governor. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and he's back doing other things now. So, yeah. uh, last question. Can you get Arnold to do our radio show? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? That would be fantastic. Well, thank thank you yeah. so much for, for taking time to uh, talk to me today. Thank you, Scott. Thank it was you fun. so much. And the book is Arnold and Me. It is on Amazon. You can go get it right now. Please do. Go out and have a fantastic Saturday. We will see you next week.